church on a rock. Amen. My name is Rashad Cunningham. I am one of the pastors here at Church on the Rock. I will be the one bringing you the message this morning. We do that every morning because, that we're here because we want to make sure you're alive and you're aware and you're eager for the word of God. Not the word of Shad, even though it rhymes, but the word of God. So um, we do that to make sure you're awake. It has nothing to do with me. It's just something we do. Uh, we're, we're happy and excited to do it. So when I say good morning, Church on the Rock, I want you even louder than that because I don't get to do it four times like I normally do. I only get to do it twice. So please be as loud as you can. Good morning, Church on the Rock! Amen. Amen. So um, today we're going to be in Colossians. I'm going to be going a little faster. If you need uh, any of the details, you got questions after this, please uh, e email me, text me, Facebook me, whatever you need to do. I'm really trying to be considerate of the kids in the back who may not be able to hold it as long as we can hold it, right? So um, I want to tell you this too. I've had a rough morning with all of this, right? I've had a really rough morning with the toilet issues and whether or not to have service, to cancel service, but I want to show you how God meets us exactly where we're at. Um, I'm going to pick on you real quick, sis. Come here real quick. Come here real quick. Come here. 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 So this is like a niece to me. This is Annalise. And Annalise, is a, um, I saw her walk in this morning. It really just hit my heart. Um, and I'm so happy that the leadership decided we need to have service because she was able to be here. Uh, Annalise was fighting cancer uh, for how long? For four months and was actually down in Memphis, correct? And we were praying. It was the same time Cameron was going through what she was going through. Actually, her and Cameron, you know, learned of each other's stories and were supporting each other. And Annalise is here this morning. So please give it up for God. I love you. I love you. So um, just want to praise God for that. Um, just amazing. So, whoo, all right. Got together. All right. So, anybody been lied to lately? Like, no? Any, any, anybody, been, anybody been lied to lately or betrayed or deceived lately? I mean, everybody knows about Pensatucky Phil, right? Is, that, was, is it Pensatucky or Ponsatucky or who's, what's the groundhog's name? Puxatani? Pensatucky. Where did I get that from, right? So, whoever the groundhog is and wherever he's from, from what I understand, he saw his shadow or didn't see his shadow, and as a result, we were supposed to have, you know, like an early spring, right? What is that? <laughs> right? What is that out there? What was that that happened last night? I felt so lied to, but yet because of the tradition of men, right? The tradition of men, year after year after year, we all gather around the TV to find out if Pensatucky, Ponsatucky, whatever his name is, if the groundhog will see his shadow and we allow that to tell us whether or not spring is going to be early or late. And, and it's so stupid, right? <laughs> like it's just flat out dumb that a, a groundhog could tell us what's going to happen with the weather, right? We believe the groundhog more than we believe God. I mean, ugh, right? That hurts already. So we're, what we're doing, the reason I say that is because what I'm about to do is I'm about to run through some scriptures and the whole reason these scriptures are important is because of things like that. Traditions of man, empty philosophy, deception, deceit, these things can crumble your faith, they can crumble your joy, they can flat out destroy you. And I want you to see how Paul uh, responds to this through his teaching. So um, we're going to be in Colossians, starting out Colossians 1, 
uh, verse 28. You guys know we've been going through the completed series where we're talking about how you are complete in Christ. And for the sake of time, I'm just going to touch on some more points, and uh, we're going to continue on and try to finish this series out. So completed is the name of the series about how you are complete in Christ, and we're going to start off with Colossians 1, verse 28. Paul says, we, being preachers, being ministers, being uh, Paul, Timothy, uh, Epaphras, we proclaim him, Christ, admonishing every man, admonishing meaning to warn every man and to teach every man with all wisdom so that we may present every man complete in Christ. He goes on and he says, for this purpose, for what purpose? For admonishing and for teaching every man. He says, for this purpose also I labor, striving according to his power, which mightily works within me. Next verse. And in chapter 2, he says, for I want you to know how great a struggle I have on your behalf. And we're going to start right there. My first point is this. I, Rashad Cunningham, pastor at Church on the Rock, am completely, oh, it's all cut off, ain't it? Y'all just going to roll with me then. I am completely dedicated to you. All right? I need you to understand that. I am completely dedicated to you. A lot of pastors feel bad for, like, saying how hard they work in the ministry. They're like, I don't want to toot my own horn or nothing like that. And I'm not doing that here. But I think it says something that Paul wanted you to know, how hard he labors, how hard he strives, how hard he struggles for a church that he's never even met. Why? Because he wanted all of them to be able to be presented before God, before Christ, as perfect, as complete. I want you to know here at Church on the Rock, members, regular attenders, guests, wh whoever you are, I work extremely hard for you. Go back to uh, two one for me, Brent. In Colossians 2.1, the word that he's using here, that word struggle, is where we get our American word, agonize. I actually go through agony for you. That's not to pat me on the back. That's not to get you to appreciate me or anything like that. I just want you to know I work extreme. I've given up my life, my entire livelihood. Some of you know the stories, but before this, before Church on the Rock, I made 100000 a year doing directing of recruiting, something I love to do, but was called to the ministry and surrendered that, took a $70,000 pay cut for you, for you, because it matters that much to me that you understand the truth. It matters that much to me that you're not deceived by all the false teaching that's out there. And I would give, I would, I've talked to the leaders, I will work a job and do this full time for you. Why? Because it's that important to Paul. It was that important to Peter. It was that important to Christ. So it's that important to me. I am dedicated to you. I want, I want to start there. I'm dedicated to you because I want you to be devoted to him. Everything that we do, this coming here and everybody has to hold their potty as long as they can. We're not doing this for some religious, traditional reason. We don't have to meet on a Sunday. Like you, you think this is holy because it's Sunday? Technically, the Sabbath is Saturday, if we want to be honest. So this, this, we're not doing this because we have to have church. No, we're that concerned about your souls. We're that concerned about your final destination. We are struggling, laboring, toiling for you, for you. So that, that should give you a, a burden or something on your heart that says, okay, well, then I'm going to pay attention to what's being said. I mean, if you're going through all of that for me, the very least I can do is give you my ear. 
Do I have your ears? Yeah. I have everybody's ears. Okay, so, so that's the first point. So he, said, he says, look, I struggle. Um, he says, how great a struggle I have on your behalf and for those who are at Laodicea and for all those who have not personally seen my face. So he's talking to a church he's never seen. He goes on and he says that their hearts may be encouraged having been knit together in love and attaining to all the wealth that comes from the full assurance of understanding resulting in a true knowledge of God's mystery. God's mystery is Christ himself. So he says all of that to basically say, I struggle, I labor, I strive, I agonize, I toil, I sweat through everything I do so that you can have a wealth, a wealth that comes from the full understanding or the full assurance of the understanding of Christ, which is God's mystery. Everything I'm doing up here is for you. If you think I'm up here to be on a platform, keep your platform. It's not worth it. If you think I'm up here to get paid or to get power or to get privilege, you can keep all of that. It's not worth it. Everything I'm up here for is for your soul. I am dedicated to you. I'm completely dedicated to you. So when you think about this, think about the people in your lives, Christians. Are you completely dedicated to them? For the sake of their souls? Are you so sold out for Christ and believe so much in eternity and in heaven that you're, that, that you're struggling and striving and laboring for those that you say you love but won't share the gospel with? You see that? Are you making sacrifices to your comfort for those who don't know Christ? Are you giving, are you going without the liberties you have for those who don't know Christ? Are you but what are you doing that is actually showing that you are completely dedicated to the people around you that you say you love but won't talk about Jesus with? I am completely dedicated to you. Who are you completely dedicated to? Who are you striving for? Who are you inviting to this? Or forget inviting, who are you going and investing in? Everybody's trying to get people in the church, but what happens when the church goes to the people? I'm going to tell you what. I wasn't trying to walk in here when I was a non-believer. It's uncomfortable. Y'all different. <laughs> y'all make me, y'all give me heebie-jeebies, if I'm going to be honest with you, right? Like, it, I wasn't comfortable walking in here. It took people coming to me. Paul said, I will become all things to all people that I may win some. That means I may have to meet you at Abe's Auto on a Tuesday night because we're talking about cars and including the gospel. We may have to go play basketball and invite you to the basketball ministry. And as a result of hooping, we're, at, we're, at, we're able to show you the, the love of God and love of Christ just through the way we interact with you. These are ways that you're meeting people outside of these walls. Why? Because I'm striving and struggling and toiling for the souls. I actually want to increase the kingdom. I don't care about increasing church on a rock. I want to increase the kingdom. If a result of that is an increased numbers here, that's great, praise God, but it's not about that. It's about the kingdom. So I am completely dedicated to you. He says, he goes on, uh, next verse, he goes on and says, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. So in Christ is where all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge are. We got all these YouTubes we look at and Facebook posts we look at and all, all these other places we want to get wisdom and knowledge from, right? And, and Paul says, all of that is in Christ. All the treasures, all the mysteries of the world and God, you can find the fullness of it is in Christ. Like, you want to you grow in your wisdom and your understanding of the world? Read the Bible. 
read the Bible. You ain't got to go take philosophy 101 in college and go into $20,000 a day. Read the, the, I'll get you a free Bible. You ain't got to pay for it. I will get you a free Bible, and you will have all the knowledge and all the wisdom as you read and develop and grow in Christ. You ain't got to go to school for that. You ain't got to pull out loans and all that stuff. It's free. But that's the thing. When it's free, people take it for granted, you know. So he goes on and he says, he says, I say this, the things he just said, I say this so no one will delude you with persuasive argument. And this is how we're going to get into this. So that word delude in the, in the Greek is like a side-by-side comparison. Um, so close that it almost sounds like it's right. Like, all right, oh, good one. So right here, we're having toilet issues because we're on a septic tank, right? We're so close Excuse me. So close that if we were on the other side of 267, we would be on the sewer system, and we'd be fine, and we wouldn't have all these problems. That, that, like, you see how close that is? Like, just on the other side of the street, we would be in the promised land, right? But we over here in Sodom, right? <laughs> like, like it's, it's horrible, right? This, this word delude in the Greek is a side-by-side comparison that is so close. It's so close that it sounds good. It sounds right. Um, you ever seen fake Jordans? They, they almost look like the real thing. Like, I, yours fake, bro? I'm just asking. No, they're good. They're, your, yeah, they fake. They fake. All right, all right. That's no, no. But look, but look. Like, like they're, 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 the, they're the, um, the ones, the, the knockoffs, right? They look almost like the real thing. And if you don't have a full understanding of what real Jordans are or what the tag needs to look like or any of that, you wouldn't know. How do I know this? Because I've bought fake Jordans before and thought I was getting a discount. They were fake. <laughs> I was like, man, these look like the real thing. Oh, man, for only 50 bucks? Come on. <laughs> but this is what he's talking about. He said, I, I work hard for you. I'm completely dedicated to you. Why? Because there are people out there who have a persuasive argument that will delude you. When you put it side by side, it'll make sense in the moment. But before you know it, it's destroyed you. This is when you hear things like, and sometimes it's not even like, they don't even mean to. Hey, God will never give you more than you can handle. That's a lie. That's a lie. But it sounds so close and so good to the truth that people believe it. Hey, this is your best life. He wants you to have everything now. The best you is today. The Bible promises you, it promises you persecution Right? It says you, you will be persecuted. They, they hated me. They're going to hate you. But we have people out here saying, no, 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 no. Think about it. It's God. Right? Your best life is today. And, and if God loves, surely he wants you to have everything of your desire. But the Bible's like, you must die to your desires. But it sounds so good and it's so close. Right? It's, it's so close to the truth. And some people, hey, we're, we're not all bad. Surely not all of us are bad. Not everybody's a sinner, right? Or, or, or we can love whoever we want to love and do whatever we want to do. And I know that gets real touchy for some people, but it's the Bible, right? It's no different than me saying, hey, I got to fight any desires I would have to cheat on my wife, so you have to fight any desires you have to sleep with the same sex. It's, it's, it's fallen desires. I'm not calling the homosexual less holy than me. No, I'm not even saying you can't be a Christian and have homosexual desires. You can. The fact is, will you fight those desires? You see that? 
You can be a Christian and say, I struggle with homosexuality, but because of God, I forego my desires to be with the same sex because he is Lord of my life. These are just my fallen sinful desires. I have them too. I eat too much sometimes. I got to fight that, right? I want to look at somebody a little too long. I got to fight that. It's no different than a homosexual, but there are people who will delude you and make it sound so good to you that you fall into this trap of believing false teaching versus truth when you put it side by side. So he says, I struggle and I strive so that you have a full understanding, full assurance of who Christ is and what he demands as Lord. So as I am completely dedicated to you, my next point, uh, Brent, my next point, we're asking that you become completely devoted to him. We should all be completely devoted to him. He comes before all. You can't call him Lord and then not do what he says. That's backwards. Well, but the way that this other preacher said it, well, is it in the Bible? No, but he said, well, is it in the Bible? No, but it sounds good. I don't care about how it sounds if it's not in the Bible. We ha- we, this is what happens. We, people start using these words. Well, I feel... And you're like, hold on, no, no, what does the Bible say? No, no, I I know what the Bible says, but I feel, you know, I believe, and I'm always like, well, what does the Bible say? Even for myself, right? Even for myself. I've I've had people teach me something who meant well, and it was very persuasive. But then I started reading it for myself, and I was, even my mama, my mama said, the Lord will never give you more than you can handle. And I believed that. It wasn't until I lost my son that I opened up the Bible for myself and was like, it doesn't say that in the Bible. It does not say he will not give you more than you can handle. It says he will not give you more than you can handle with him. That with him is huge. Because if I'm out here trying to handle it by myself, it will break me, shake me down to my core. But if I realize everything that's been given to me, he said, with me, I will provide a way out. Oh, well, that changes everything now. Now everything that comes and weighs down on me, I go to God, and that is my way out. That is how I can handle it. That is how I can withstand it. Not me. It's not my strength. It's him, right? Amen. So that changes everything. So, so, so think about this from a Genesis 3 perspective, right? Um, Eve is in the garden. What does God say, Carissa? God says, do not eat the fruit. By the way, it wasn't an apple. Quit doing apples like that, okay? <laughs> apples are good. Apples are good. It was probably... I'm trying to think of something nasty. It was probably a cantaloupe. Cantaloupe's nasty. I don't even know. If, <laughs> I don't know, right? But, <laughs> right. But, but it wasn't an apple, so quit blaming it on apples. We had that conversation, didn't we, Dave? Quit blaming it on the apples. It, it says fruit, all right? I don't think it was an apple. Anyway, so, so God says, don't eat from that tree. Why? Because it's death, all right? Like, you will die. Like, that's enough to make me stop, right? Like, okay, so if I eat that, I will die. Yes, you will die. Okay, I don't want to eat it. But here comes old serpent with a persuasive argument, deluding her, saying, look, look what he does. Are you sure that's what God said? Have you heard that on YouTube or on Facebook? Are you sure the Bible says we're all sinners? Like, are you sure that's what the Bible says? I mean, are you sure? Oprah, Oprah Winfrey. I'll never forget, she's a Christian, and on her show, she said, surely God's not the only way. 
what? I, I, hey, if anybody don't believe me, I will send the YouTube to you, all right? But she said, we, we did that at church one year, didn't we, where we showed it on, yeah, I think we showed it on screen, but she's having this discussion with Christians, and she's, I'm a Christian, I'm a Christian. And then when a woman stood up and was like, the only way to salvation is Christ, she goes, well, surely he's not the only way. And I was like, well, time out. And all the influence she has and all the great things she's done in the world, people listen. And they're like, well, I don't care what the Bible says. Oprah said God's not the only way. You see what I'm saying? So the serpent comes and goes, are you sure that's what God said? Are you positive he said you would die? Surely he just doesn't want you to be like him. And what, what looked like death to her after a deluding and persuasive argument looked good to her. You see that? Things that should look like death to you start looking good after something starts whispering to you. Whether it's people, whether it's social media, whether it's TV, whether it's yourself. Things that should be death. Sin. The wages of sin is what? Death. The wages of sin are death. But when we get to justifying and calculating and weighing things side by side, delusions, right? Then you start saying, well, surely God isn't that mad that I insert whatever sin you're trying to justify in the moment. And now what was death to you in the beginning when you were on fire and were in your word is now good or pleasing to the eyes or good for food or all the things that she went through. You see how she went through that? It, first she started out as death, and then she went to, uh, well, it's good, delight, desirable. Sin was desirable. Disobeying God was good. Think about this. That's the lack of devotion. Would you agree? Would you agree? Talk to me now. So going back to that verse, Colossians 2, yes, 4. Go, go to the next verse for me. He says, for even though I am absent in body, nevertheless I am with you in spirit, rejoicing to see your good discipline and the stability of your faith. So he's writing to this church. They haven't been deceived yet, but he's aware of what's going on in the church. I'm giving you context here. So they haven't yet been deceived. Good discipline, stability of faith. In Church of the Rock, I'm going to say the same thing. We, we're in a good place. I mean, we're growing. We have a lot of baby Christians who are believing and are strong in their faith. But once we start getting a little prideful and want to step out and you know, listen to this person and that person, and oh, this person has a great following and all that, you can stray away. What I'm trying to tell you is it's not bad to listen to those people. Read the Bible for yourself, though. I mean, I'm up here preaching with everything I have. I'll still tell you, if you don't go back and check this for yourself, you're dumb. Flat out. You're, you're, I, I will call you dumb. You're dumb. I'm a man. I'm a human being, right? I am trying to be as faithful to the Scripture as I possibly can, but for you to just listen to me and just take it for what it is because of my position and platform, you're dumb. Go back and read it for yourself. Stop being lazy. Why? Because it'll be the same, the same way you're doing this with me. You'll do it with somebody else who doesn't care about you, somebody who's not worried about your soul, who just wants a paycheck, who's just there to get their paycheck and go on, and you'll go running around saying, well, because whoever that person was said this, and he said it so eloquently, and he was rapping, and he had alliteration. I'm talking about myself. Hold on. And he, <laughs> you, you'll believe that just because of how it was said instead of what was said, right? So you got to read it for yourself because the word doesn't change. So you're like, okay, Rashad, that's good. good. I got some good notes. Now let me go check it for myself. I'm, I won't be offended. Matter of fact, I will. And if you find something, correct me. If you love me, correct me. Be like, look, man, you said this. Actually, it's this. 
And then I'll come back up here and say, hey, will you guys forgive me? The more I looked into this, it was actually wrong. That's how we do it around here. I will admit to you in a heartbeat, I was wrong. I made a mistake. I'm sorry. I'm still growing myself. So then we go on, and he says, so now we get into some, some of the good stuff. Keep going. Well, it's all good, actually. He says, therefore, as you have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him. All right? And that's not like walk like an Egyptian, right? No. This is like, this is, this is like live in him, right? Live for, be devoted to him. If you've received Christ, if you say, once again, belief versus behavior, if you truly truly have confessed Jesus Christ, said the same thing as God about Christ, that Jesus is Lord, then live like Jesus is Lord. Every day you're faced with decisions that are side by side. One is a delusion, one is truth. If you call Jesus Lord, you say, I don't care how good this side looks, whatever God wants me to do is what I'm going to do. That's what he's saying. He says, "If therefore, as you have received Christ Jesus the Lord, Walk in him, live for him, be devoted to him. Keep going. He says, having been firmly rooted, so this is what that walk looks like. You've been firmly rooted. And that word in the Greek, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's like a, um, let me think of it. It's a, perfect, it's, it's a perfect participle. Let me give you that. So that means it's happened before, like you're firmly rooted, like that's done, but it continues on. It, like, it doesn't stop just that one time it happened. It's happened here. You are rooted, and you are continuously rooted in him. So it's not a, a one time, I was, I was rooted, and now I'm not sure if I'm rooted anymore. No, no. If you are a believer, you've been rooted and are continuously rooted in him. So you've been firmly rooted, and now you're being built up in him and established in your faith. So think about that. That's got a lot of that sower of the seed mentality, right? Like, what happens with the sower of the seed? They go sowing the seed, and one of them is not rooted. So what happens? It, it, it loses it. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Thank you, Mama. Thank you. Like, if you're not rooted, rooted, grounded, the good soil, the one that takes deep and wide roots, then you can be diluted. Ooh, if you're not rooted, you can be diluted. Y'all like that? I like that. That sounds good. So, so think about this. So think about this. So we, I'm asking you to be completely devoted, rooted in him. Uh, I want you to be built up in him. I want you to have your faith established in him just as you were instructed. This is what we're teaching here. I don't want you to be in me. I want you to be in him. Uh, one of the reasons churches get scared to start building funds, which we probably need to start doing sometime soon, right, is, is this, is this. They get scared because they're like, right now, because of the baby Christians, they're too focused on me. What happens if I die? What happens if we take out this million-dollar loan for this building, and then I die, and then people are like, well, since he's not preaching no more, we're going somewhere else. Then you were rooted in me. That's a problem. That's a big problem. And, and, and when I'm not preaching, if you don't show up because I'm not preaching, then you're rooted in me. That's a big problem. If, if you don't want to sing because New Life Drama Club is doing the worship and not Tyler, you're rooted in her. If you, you see what I'm saying? If you don't want to be here because we ain't got toilet, no, I ain't going to go that far. I ain't going to go that far. So, because I might not be here for that, you know what I mean? So, and overflowing with gratitude. Let's keep going. He says, look at this. He says, see to it that no one takes you captive. This is the, that word captive is like a predator taking prey, right? So, so as parents, how many of your parents in here, right? All right, have you ever taught your kids stranger danger, right? Stranger danger to the point... Like, they, they come in here, and if they don't know me, they, they, like, hug on to daddy's pants leg, and they're like, mm-mm, I don't know him. I don't care you call him preacher, pastor. I don't care what you call him. I call him stranger danger, right? 
And you teach them that. Why? To protect them, right? So Paul's saying, everything I'm teaching you is to protect you from stranger danger spirit, from the spiritual stranger danger. Because they come up and they offer candy. They tickle ears. They, they tell you what you want to be heard. And, and it's in so many different ways that candy is, oh, you look, you look good today, right? And, and I know you got a man, but what your man got to do with me? I'm not trying to hear that. See, y'all might have heard that song or not. I don't know. <laughs> right? But, but, like, but like, look at that. He's saying there's predators. There are spiritual predators out there who are preying on you. They're sitting in that weird van watching you walk to school every day waiting to pounce on you and pull you in the car and drive you off. That's what it means when it says, don't let nobody take you captive. How do I do that? You root yourself in Christ. You ground yourself in Christ. You get yourself in the word. And through. And, and so this is how they take you captive. Well, in in Colossians, or in the church of Colossae, sorry, it was through, it's the philosophy, there was a specific type of philosophy, it was the philosophy, an empty deception or vain deception, according to, look at this, the tradition of man, right? So there's some people who will be like, um, last week was not church because we didn't sing. That's that's a tradition. (laughs) You you, You think the only way we can have church is by singing? That's the tradition of man. We don't have to sing to have church, right? Uh, some people will be like, uh, um, if you don't attend church on a Sunday morning, then it's not church. That's a tradition of man. Sunday morning church is a tradition of man. You see what I'm saying? Like uh, the, the way uh, New Life Drama Club, the way you do your, your theater, your, I, my original post said, come see New Life Drama, and it's not the baby mama drama or the baby daddy drama. It's the theater kind. You know what I mean? Like it was whack, so I deleted it. But, 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 look, but look, people will look at your ministry and say, well, that's, how can they worship God and teach the gospel through theater, right? That's not how we're supposed to do it. Why? Because it's tradition, right? When I rap, when I rap, some people turn their nose at you rap in the church. You can't rap in the church. I'm wearing, this is your shirt, right? I'm, I'm wearing this shirt and not a suit and a tie. And some people will walk out the church because I don't have a suit and a tie. Why? Tradition. Tradition. So it steals. It, it'll take you captive It'll pull you away from your liberty and your freedom in Christ. You see that? Does everybody see that? And then, and, and, and so then he goes on after that, and then he says, and ac- nope, go back, go back, go back. Yep, okay. And then he says, and according to the elementary principles of the world, or the ABCs of the world, there's this word, um, elementary principles, it has a big, wide range. It could be the ABCs of the world, like the real easy, basic things of the world, or the demonic spirits of the world. It could be either one. It's just a broad word here. And so he's saying either one works, though. The ABCs of the world. So you're going to go against the Bible because of um, man's, like, logic, because of the ABCs and the way man's put it together. Even though Pluto was a planet, then it was a moon, then it was a planet again. I think it's a moon right now. I don't know. But that's the ABCs of the world, right? And then, then the other side of that, the demonic spirits, we know we don't wrestle with flesh and blood, but we wrestle with the rulers and authorities of the heavenly realms, right? The demonic rulers and authorities. So, so there's that one. And then like anything opposite or rather than according to Christ, so opposite of Christ. So once again, Christ says this, you do the opposite. This is why Zodiacs, I know we have fun with them. Be careful. Be careful when you start, I'm a, I'm a cancer. 
I'm a cancer, and I was born on June 24th, so because of that, I'm a mama's boy. I'm hard on the outside, but I'm soft on the inside. You know what? I can look at any zodiac, and I'm going to find myself. You see that? That's called the power of suggestion. And I know something about that because I've been playing a lot of games lately, and I had a game with Clinton and Bonnie the other night called Resistance, and I, I flipped everybody. I had everybody thinking I was part of the resistance. I was the spy. I just started suggesting Clinton was a spy. And he got picked on. His wife turned against him. <laughs> his, didn't she? Every game, I was like, Bonnie, look at Clinton over there being quiet. Now, y'all know Clinton always quiet, right? <laughs> Clinton is always quiet. But because I suggested that he, since he's quiet right now, he must be the spy. She's like, he is the spy. He must be the spy. And Clinton's like, I'm telling you, I'm not the spy. To the point that he's like, when the movie's over, because we just act like it was a movie. When the movie's over, you're going to see I won the spy. He won the spy, but I won, right? <laughs> Power of suggestion. So, so be careful with that. And, and how do you deal with that? You, you ground yourself in the truth. You deal strictly with the truth. So um, next up, verse uh, n- 9. And I'm going to go through this real quick. So my next point is this. We must be completely dependent on him. Give me that one. We must be completely dependent on him. Is that, is that in there? I think I put it in there. Yeah. Nope. That's developed. There it is. We are completely dependent on him. I just want to read through this real quick. Verse 9. Go to verse 9 for me, Brent. Watch this real quick. For in him. You see that? So if you're taking notes, circle in him. For in him. Not in you. Not in your church. Not in your pastor. Not in your wife. Not in your husband. But in Christ, all the fullness of deity dwells in bodily form. Keep going. And then it says, and in him you have been made complete. So circle that in him again. In him you have been made finished, complete. You're done. And then, and he is the head over all, I mean, all rule and authority. Keep going for me, Brent. And in him, circle that again, you were also circumcised with the circumcision made without hands and the removal of the body of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ. Keep going. And having been buried with him in baptism in which you were also raised up with him through faith in the working of God who raised him from the dead. So you see the in him, the with him, all of this is dependent on Christ. Uh, Adam McGill and Emily McGill moved uh, to Brownsburg this week and they were looking for help. When I got, when I got there, uh, there all we, we moved it really quick, but then there was this pool table in the, uh, in the back of the U-Haul, right Heidi? There was this pool table in the back of the U-Haul. Rashad had this great idea that the three of us could move it. So I go over there and I'm like, yeah, we could do this and all that. And me, Adam, and his brother, we pick it up. We got it almost to the edge of the U-Haul. We couldn't get it past that. It hurt so bad, right? So then, look at this, y'all. Adam called the father. Mm, that'll preach right there. Adam called his father. And his father came and brought, uh, was it sister's boyfriend? And sister's boyfriend was like, was basically like the Holy Spirit. Like he came in like he had just came from the gym. And I was like, where you been, bro? <laughs> like, we could have used you a long time ago. He was, I was at the gym, at the firehouse in the gym. So he gets in there, and with the help of the Father and the help of the Spirit, with them, we were completely, de- I, honestly, if I'm being real, I didn't pick up as much as big boyfriend dude picked up. He was, he was I acted like I did, but I didn't really do all that. <laughs> Shh, they're not here. So, <laughs> so, so no, so. Uh, big boyfriend dude, literally, like, it was all on him. Like, it, that made the big difference. He lifted that thing, and I was like, man, it's crazy how 
we are all dependent on him to have the strength to do this, on him to help us lift this burden, lift this weight. So when I'm talking to you about everything that we're talking about right now, you're like, Rashad, well, I don't know if I can do all of this. I don't know if I'll be able to withstand. And with no, no, I'm not saying you have to do it. I'm saying Christ will do it for you if you just root yourself in him. If you just allow him to do it, if you just release yourself, stop trying to do it your way and let yourself go and let yourself rest in him, it is with him that you've been raised. It is with him that you have defeated Satan and sin and death. It wasn't you that died on the cross. It was Christ that died on the cross, right? So it has nothing to do with you. It has everything to do with him. We are completely dependent on him. Amen? All right, all right. So going back to Colossians 2.10 real quick, I want you to see this. I want you to see that, and in him you have been made what? What's that word? In him you've been made what? I know that the world keeps telling you that you're broken. That's the church lingo. We're broken people in a broken church. I get that on the outside, and as we're walking through this world, hey, the outside's wasting away, but the inside's being what? Renewed day by day. In Christ, it's done. You are completely done in Christ. That's my next point, and then I got one more. You are completely done in Christ. Period. You are completely done in him. It's over. Finito. It's done. It's taken care of. That dude that helped us with the, with the you ever been to Planet Fitness and you got dudes in there who are just like, hawked out? You're like, dude, you're done. Right? <laughs> you're done. Like, you're sitting in there, and you're like, why are you in here? You're done. Your muscles have muscles. You're done. That word complete in the Greek is full. At capacity. In Christ, you are full. You're done. It's finished. You don't have to keep, because part of the, the, the heretical teaching was Christ is not enough. They were like, yes, believing in Christ is important, but you also must be circumcised. You also must do this. You also must do that. You also must do this, just like the church does today. It, believing in Christ is not enough for people. Why ain't you in the Bible study every week? Why aren't you serving in 10 ministries? Why ain't you this? Why aren't you giving 80% of your check, right? And then they, they put this weight on people, and if you're not grounded in Christ, that little bit of teaching, that little bit of talk will make you feel it, you'll lose your joy. You'll lose all the benefits and freedom and liberty you have because you're trying to earn this salvation that Christ has done. I did it. So finally, looking at... Uh, uh, 2.11, go back to 2.11. Uh, so look, and in him you were also circumcised with the circumcision made without hands and the removal of the body of the flesh by circumcision of Christ. Keep going. He says, having been buried with him in baptism in which you were also raised up with him through faith in the working of God who raised him from the dead. Keep going. When you were dead, your transgressions, so look at that, past tense, when you were dead, your transgressions and the uncircumcision of your flesh uh, he made you alive together with him, having forgiven us all of our transgressions, having canceled out the certificate of debt consisting of degree, uh, excuse me, decrees against us, which was hostile to us, and he has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross. And when he had disarmed the rulers and authorities, he made a public display of them having triumph over them through him. So we are completely different. All you, all you hear is a lot of what we were, you were uncircumcised, you had debt against you, you were a sinner, you were dead in your transgressions, but now you are made alive. We are completely different, and I want you to walk in that. I want you to understand that for this reason. Um, you may not feel different right now. 
You may not believe that you're completely different right now because somebody has told you something and stolen that from you. They look at every little mistake in your life, all the little specks in your eyes, and they ignore the logs in theirs, and they tell you, you're not a Christian. You're not this. You're not that because you're not doing X, Y, Z enough. But in Christ, you are different. It says anyone who believes in Christ is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Dave, perfect. When I was, Dave cut my hair. I look different, right? Right? But let me tell you how this process works. I sit down in Dave's chair, and he, he gets to cutting, and he's cutting, and I don't see anything, but I can feel some stuff working on me, right? And at 10 o'clock at Dave's shop, they, they stop and pray. Like, it's the weirdest thing, but I love it. They stop at 10 o'clock. An alarm goes off, and all the barbers gather and pray. So he stopped at 10 o'clock. And kind of spun me around. It was like, bro, I'm going to finish, but we're going to get over here and pray. I looked in the mirror and was like, whoa. <laughs> like, and, and, and I was a little perplexed. I was like, I'm kind of jacked up here, Dave. Like, I had hair down here, but hair up here, and, you know, all over. The, like, I'm really like this. And he's like, man, just come over here and pray with us real quick. I'm like, I'm, I'm, I really don't want to pray. <laughs> I want to get my hair finished, right? But we, we gathered and we prayed, right? And then I sat back down in the chair. And this is what I want you to see. When I looked in the mirror at myself, I didn't see that I looked different too much, or actually I thought I looked more jacked up than before, right? And, and, and when I looked in the mirror at myself, I didn't think it was done. I didn't think it was finished. But the barber who was working on me, who was, who was cutting stuff away from me, knew what the end result would look like even in the midst of the process. Oh, my goodness, that is good. Even, oh, y'all feel that? Like, when I looked at myself, all I could see was the part of the process I was in. But the barber who had started on me saw the end from the beginning. He already knew what he was going to be doing. He already knew what to cut, how to cut it, how much to cut, how long it would take. I got impatient, but they was like, man, we got you. Don't worry about it. I got you. I, this, I trust me. I'm telling you, God is saying the same thing to you. He's looking at you and saying, you're already different. You just don't see it yet. You're already done. You just don't see it yet. If you just trust the process, I know what it looks like today when you're looking in the mirror, but I've already seen the end. I've already seen the completed product. I've already seen what happens when I get to cutting and removing and everything else. Just trust me in the process. And then, and then at the end of it, we looked up at his, when you walk in, there's a wall right above where you walk in, and it says, experience the difference. And that's what I'm asking you to do this morning. I'm asking you to think through this and realize, come on up, come on up, Carissa, come on. I'm asking you to think through this real quick. God is looking at you today, regardless of where you're at, regardless of how far you've fallen off, you are done you are different. I don't care what the world is telling you. This is what the word is telling you, that you are complete in Christ. So for those of you who know Christ, who have confessed him as Lord, don't let the deceitfulness, don't let the empty deception, the delusion, don't let it tell you anything different. Don't, don't, don't let the standards of the church, of the American church, the hypocritical church, don't let their standards be more than God's standards. God said Christ and Christ alone. I look at my life, and I'm not supposed to be here. Y'all know my story. I don't belong here preaching to you. I don't belong here speaking to you. We don't, we don't deserve this building. We're, we're, just think about this. But in Christ, 
in Christ, we've received more abundant than we could ever ask for, right? And those of you who are here today who, who still haven't made that decision, think about this. Everything that we've talked about this morning, no, nothing here is us telling you what you have to do to earn your salvation. Nothing here is us telling you what you have to do to get yourself right. Nobody's saying you got to dress a certain way to come in here or act a certain way. No, no, we're saying Christ does that if you just give yourself over to him and pursue him. Him. It's all in him. We are completely dependent on him to be done and to be different. And as a result of that, we devote ourselves to him. So I'm going to continue to dedicate myself to this ministry and to you. Those of you who are believers, I pray you join me in dedicating yourself to this ministry and to others, devoting yourself to God, depending on him so that you recognize and understand that you're done and you're different. And as a result, you're going to walk, you're going to live for him. Amen? So please stand up and sing with us as we sing Pursue. I'm so thankful for this message this morning.
allowing God to have his way this morning. Um, all we need is Christ. We don't need toilets, right? <laughs> Amen. Um, give it up for New Life Drama Club again, please. So uh, Church on the Rock, they're not only blessing us by worshiping, they're giving our worship team a break. I'm asking and begging that all of you come back, it, it, all that can, but I'm begging that you all come back and bring somebody with you. Tell other churches about it. I'm telling you, it, it, it's such an amazing experience to be a part of this. And, and to go against tradition again, because we get so caught up in breaking the spirit and things like that, um, I'm going to ignore all things that men have said. I'm going to ask a, a quick favor of our church family. Um, uh, Clinton, I don't know where the baskets are, but I want to take up a love offering for the family. Don't feel obligated to anything. We're not forcing you, and I know what people say about, oh, here they go asking for money, but forget all that. That's tradition of man. That's man talk. This, this group is blessing us, and they bless many others, and they do it all based on what we give to provide for them. So this is just us trying to minister to them as they minister to us, to try to be available for them and actually partner in with what they're doing around the United States. So we want to take up a love offering here right now as we get ready to close out and then I'm going to pray over the remainder of the service. Thank you. That's good. <laughs> I will pursue. I will pursue. Go ahead. If we could bow our heads and pray. Heavenly Father, I'm so thankful that you're all that we need, all that we want. Father, there's people here I could see as I was preaching that you were touching their hearts, Father, that they were broken this morning because of the message and just thinking of all the things that they've allowed this world to tell them that they are versus what your word has told us that we are. I ask if there's anybody this morning, Father, who doesn't know you, that perhaps this message, perhaps the worship itself, perhaps just the hellos and the, in, the, the meet and greet, something leads them to your son, Jesus Christ. 
Father, we thank you for the privilege to be a part of everything that you're doing here at Church on the Rock and in this community. We thank you for the privilege to partner in with New Life Drama Club. Father, we ask that, that you just have your way with the people in this room and that we go out on fire for you, Father, willing to dedicate ourselves to others for the sake of the gospel, willing to devote ourselves to you, Father, and trust and depend on your son as he completes us and makes us completely different. Father, I'm so thankful for this series, all the brokenness that's been going on in the church, the things we've been dealing with individually and as a church family. We ask, Father, that the healing starts now. Please have your way with your people. It's in Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. You guys have a beautiful week. Thank you for being here.